Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast, and the gang is all here. For the first time in a few weeks, all four of us are back together. I'll go around the horn here. I am Mike Maroney. We have McLean Boyd, Tom Strange, and Jay Woodson. Boys, how are you guys doing? Wonderful. Life is good. Missed you, boys. Bad. Um, great to be here. Mike, Mike and Mac was canceled after one week due to poor ratings. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I heard y'all were the kind of the future. Yeah. <laughs> we we thought you were. We thought you left the show, Tom. I was, yeah, you know, pretty look, concerned. After work trip, a couple of panic attacks. You know, the usual. <laughs> you know, I was kind of, but I'm back. I was good. Got a little head cold. My voice sounds kind of cool. You though, talk, talk to us enough, you'll have some sort of attack. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we're all here. I uh, hope everyone had a great Fourth uh, of July yesterday. Enjoyed it with the family. Uh, friends, fireworks, burgers, hot dogs, beer, bourbon, seltzer, whatever you got into. All of the above. Um, hopefully you didn't light off any of the personal fireworks and cause any issues, but eh. uh, okay. okay. No. My next door neighbor took care of that. He did a there you go. He always let others do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's my philosophy. I fireworks, got, I got sure. You can do it. Yeah, my dad sent me this text. It was like a picture of Smokey the Bear. It's like, kids, don't play with fireworks. Let adults who've been drinking all day do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Yep. So um, Tom was out in Turks and Caicos last week. Jay was in Pittsburgh. McLean and I were here holding the fort down. I think we did all right. In case you didn't hear, I didn't hit record again. But um, we realized after 15 minutes. So, you know, it was uh, uh, after another 15 gold minutes, by the way. Were of they course. golden? Yeah. Radio gold. Podcast it was gold. it was average. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> average. Yeah, talk it down now. I hear you. <laughs> but so we are back. Uh talk a little golf. Jay can respond to all McLean's shots from last week. I took I took a couple myself, but Jay Jay, Jay got uh, they, were all, they were all in love though. Jay they got beat up from, pretty good. That's all it was. I you know, I didn't feel like I got I mean, I I just you call us call a spade a spade, you know. You, play shitty then you know hey your boys gotta call you out on it i mean i played so i played well, so bad I, like i don't know how i was gonna say it but i mean let's let's call we talk about calling a spade a spade we are talking about a guy who's what less than a dozen rounds from surgery oh uh, yeah that yeah. works full-time yes exactly you know and, and that Hunting was, toilets uh, yeah <laughs> that was mine sorry um Brutal. Yeah, that's but that that when I heard that, I thought that was funny because that you've been saying that for the last four years, so it's awesome. <laughs> fits, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think so. It's awesome. still not being fully healed. Like I still don't have full range of motion, so I don't. And Mike and I were talking about this today. I can't make the swings that I used to make, and my what advantage I had when I used to play full time is kind of negated now. I've, I can't hit the ball as far as I did. I used to drive the ball pretty far and I was, you know, good around the greens, good wedge player. So I'd take advantage of par fives and if I had a couple wedges, I'd hit those. And I was always an, a, you know, streaky iron player. I, I was kind of, some weeks I'd be great and I'd, I'd finish really high up there. And other weeks I'd be kind of mediocre. And then that's when I would always be struggling. Well, I shouldn't say struggling, but I'd always shoot around par one under, you know, but the, the weeks I was hitting irons good. And I, this week I didn't do any of it good. I mean, none of it. It was so bad. My wife uh, was catting for me this week. This is kind of our little anniversary trip. It's our 14th anniversary, wedding anniversary. And 
she caddies. We leave the kids back with the grandparents. We play this super hard golf course, Pittsburgh Field Club, which it could probably host the U.S. Women's Open or uh, U.S. Women's Am. It's only 6,900 yards, but fairways are like 12, 15 yards wide. Greens are rolling 13, super slopey, kind of, I shouldn't say kind of tricky, very tricky, but it's in perfect shape, but it's a tough golf course. So if you're not on your game, who designed it? Bite your ass quick. What's that? Who designed it? I knew you were going to ask me that. Is it those greens? Like I've never played there. I've been out there. Uh, I've never played it, but those greens, you know, we all know what we're talking about. Like those greens that were designed to roll a bit like seven on the stem. Exactly. So when you get them like 13, it's just, you know, you got like one pin position or something. Yeah. And, you know, and, and in this tournament, they say, whatever, we don't care. We're going to put the pin there anyway. So I had a couple balls. You put it up, roll back your feet, put it up, roll back your feet. You know, it's just, there's nothing you can do. If you, if you just get a little bit on the wrong side of the hole, you're just, you're done. So, but I will say that the golf course is, it's an absolutely impeccable shape. It's just per It literally, it looks like there should be an open there. I mean, no joke. It's just too, it's just too short, but it so, plays a lot longer than that. It's, it's par 70. Marion. Par 70, 6,900 yards. And there's five par fives or I'm sorry, five par threes. Um, and four of the five are all over like 220. It's, <laughs> it's hard, especially for a guy. If you've been, if you've been sitting on the couch for too long and you haven't been able to practice and you're going out trying to hit four or five irons into these par threes, no good luck. Well, it's not. It's not just that. It's not like you're just coming in with a a stock four iron. You've got to hit a shot with a four iron. Exactly. It's not a stock eight iron. It's one thing. Like yeah, that place. And like I said, I like I hadn't played it. I've been there twice for work, and you know, just you can see it looking around, and it's just you know that's and your situation being that you know, right now you're in that that zone where you're like, all right, you're you're still recovering from your shoulder, and and it's like. Your your mind knows what you got to do, but it's like hitting yeah. a stock seven iron is what you what you want to do, but you just can't. Yeah, you can't. That's a that's a that's a helpless feeling at times. Yeah, no, it so, is. It is the worst. But oh, real quick, I know you want to go McLean, but Mikey uh, Alexander Alexander Findlay designed it, and then it did host the nineteen thirty seven PGA Championship. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so it is a it's a phenomenal course. It's it's incredible. But hold on, thirty seven. What year did Chandler win? Chandler Harbor later. Chandler Harbor won it later. Right? Yeah. 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 Denny Shoot won in 37. Denny Shoot. They, 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 have a, they have a replica of the, it was on the tip of my the tongue. Maker trophy. <laughs> yeah. It was established in 1882. And one of the coolest parts about it is that it's viewed as the fourth in a quartet of incredible golf courses in that little area of Northeast Pittsburgh. You've got Longview, Longview, you know how you say it, uh, Oakmont, and then probably my favorite, the Seth Rayner designed Fox Chapel, yeah, uh, right which is an incredible facility, all right there together, nestled. They're all right within like 10 miles of each other. It's Yeah, that, that's an incredible stretch of four golf clubs. That's pretty young. Fox Chapel is a mind screw, right? Like, like how do I how do you play that place when it gets firm and hard? Yeah. Oh, brutal. I, I I just love Seth Rayner. He's probably my favorite designer. Yep, yeah, I agree. He's up there for sure. Um, but anyway, enough with anyway. <laughs> with my miserable golf last week. It wasn't all that bad. There was just we, some high numbers. There were, well, there was one part where I did make a lot of birdies, but there was one part where I looked at uh, looked at Aaron and I, we were like going to the ninth hole on one of the 
<laughs> or a couple of her par or whatever. I think it was three of her par at the time. And I'm like, we've only made one par on this side. <laughs> I was like, bogey birdie, bogey birdie, double bogey birdie, bogey birdie. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, that is that's exhausting. It so, is. It is exhausting. It it does wear you out because you like you get a little momentum. You're like, ah, oh, then you hit a bad shot, and make a bogey, or you hit a good shot on a course like this, and then you make a make bogey. bogey. Man, then, you made, then you made an, you made an eagle. Yeah, and then it was like so. Shane Bacon on the Golf Channel, he does this thing he calls the Psycho Scorecard. Yeah, I I almost wanted to submit one of yours as a Psycho <laughs> Scorecard. It's like one of those scorecards is like even par seventy two, but the guy has like two pars. You know, like it was. Yeah, it like was a, like like a phone number. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I think, yeah, one of the rounds I shot 73 and it was like, I, yeah, it was, I think I had six or seven birdies and then like six or seven bogeys and then a double or a triple. I had a couple. I mean, it was crazy. If all but our listeners were, we, Aaron from, or I still call her Aaron from because I've never, yeah. you know, since like middle school. But uh, Jay's wife, Aaron, is one of the greatest, you know, first of all, she's one of the greatest athletes you'll ever meet, but she's also one of the greatest people and she's on the bag. And it's just like, I'm looking at Jay's scorecard. I'm just, and then I'm, I'm not even thinking about Jay. I'm just like, oh, Aaron. Oh, poor Aaron right now. Like, you know, poor like, girl. Birdie, double. Birdie. Yeah. Birdie. Be like, oh. We wanted so badly to have a good time. <laughs> but just, <laughs> when you play like that, it's just makes it so difficult. But the, the evenings were nice. We had some nice dinners and we were able to shake it off quick. So, you know, it is just golf. It's not my, it's not my full-time job anymore. So. That certainly helps. Yes, it is. But I believe Chase Kepka won, correct? Chase Kepka, Chase Kepka won. He won in a playoff. Only two guys, uh, two guys under par for the week, three under par. So, I mean, just goes to show that this place is tough. Um, but yeah, he pulled it out and they had a big rain delay before the playoff, but they went back out and looks like he, he got it done. I, I actually didn't bump into him at all. Uh, that week so i was gonna go say hello to him but i I didn't see him at all so we're on opposite waves believe it or not opposite sides of the golf course especially after the first round (laughs) oh that's how are you off nine o'clock oh me too what tea (laughs) (laughs) that's my spot yeah i'll see you on the range hopefully (laughs) but um enough enough bashing jay Jazz, no, 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 no. it's all good. I'm good. You got to, you, you know, hey, I've, I've had my fair share of, of good tournaments. So, I mean, you got to get back in the flow. So, you got to get those, you got to knock the rust off. The only way you're going to do it is on a golf course. Like, I'm not going to do it. Get the juices flowing. Hey, yeah. man. And it was, it's fun to get nervous again. I, I mean, I love that part. And that's, that's, I think, when you learn the most about what, where your game is. And I think that's when you can, although I did say I was going to quit golf a lot during the middle of the, that tournament. Yeah, I got um, a couple of those texts too. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I at the same time, that's really not my. I, I can't help it. I'm not. I just. I'm as soon as I got done, I was like grabbing the club, looking at what I needed to do to get you, better. You so, were out there grinding today. I was grinding today. Mikey watched me at balls for an hour. It helped a lot. So we've got the Virginia State Open coming back uh, uh, in, I guess, two weeks. So we're just back on the grind, man. I'm just, calling a victory uh, right now, boys. Kinda, you, know, you never know, right? I'm coming. I, it is. Way. I I'm do coming. have some I do have some success there, so you never know. I did put a different putter. I put an old putter back into play, the one that I used when I won at this golf course uh, seven or eight years ago. So, you know, you never right. know. Got to go with those like familiarities. It. But um, – I will. What uh, I do want to ask what everybody's drinking tonight because I'm going to be kind of bougie tonight. 
Ooh. I've got a nice bottle of bourbon that I'm just waiting to talk about. Oh, you well, got some Corona Light. I, I actually had one too many of those this weekend. McLean's not drinking. He's drinking Corona Light, which doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Tom? Uh, I'm on, you know, me, Bullet. bullet? And, I, and yeah, I, got bullet. My, I got my torch, Mikey, in a whoosh. In the, so I'm smoking okay. glass. There smoking you go. Glasses. Okay. We've we've upgraded your uh, smoking kit. Yeah, also, so Mike, Mikey's got these. His smoking kit is, first of all, it looks like something that, you know, maybe my college days I would have maybe used for different purposes, but it's like got this little thing, <laughs> glass house hot box in your bourbon. It's a, yeah. it's a hot box for a bourbon. Yeah, pretty it's pretty much. awesome. But he's like, so it's, and the amount of smoke this thing puts out is insane. And he goes, yeah, let's take it outside. Lindy doesn't like what I'm doing the house. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? You done that in the house? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm like, does it not set the smoke alarm? I mean, it's <laughs> billowing. It's just He's like, let's take it out. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's, 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 let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> and she wouldn't be nice about it either. She would be like, Mike, get that M no. out of here. Yeah. yeah. And no, she'd look at me and be like, Tom, this is your fault. <laughs> I love it. She's so matter of fact. And she it's, is. It's she is great. awesome. Great. She is, she's a good soul. But uh, no, so I'm still, in, I'm on bullet, you know, it's kind of, I don't. You know, find a find a wave and I ride it. Can't it's all right. It's all right, Jay. What are you drinking? All right. Oh. Let, let, let me let me go first and you can have the stage. Oh, okay. Vitamin oh, water. Oh man. He's going vitamin water. I'm sick. I'm sick as a dog. Vitamin water, really, zero sugar, lemonade like flavor. If, if you're gonna drink that, you just uh, say I'm not drinking. Oh. Kind of like McLean with the Clavernal Light. You just say I'm not drinking tonight. Yeah, I'm not. Don't hold up a vitamin water. What did they just, sponsor us now? Don't give them any pops. Like okay. unless they're yeah, throwing sorry. Money. Hashtag no free ads. I forgot. Um, uh, I am drinking. I I kind of I, I shouldn't have bought this, but I couldn't help it. <clears throat> they had they had a, a Calumet uh, 15 year at the ABC store. Mm. And they normally don't get it. It's kind of one of those limited quantity things, but it's the it's a single rack black Kentucky straight bourbon. It is it is like a, that was pretty single rack black Kentucky straight <laughs> bourbon. This is I mean Fantastic. this is, this is, is good. So no, hold up the bottle. Let me see it. Yeah. Oh, that even looks cool. Whoa. Yeah, see, that's, that's probably yeah. backwards. You can't read any of it, but no, no it looks uh, good. See it. 105 proof. I mean, years. it is Damn. smooth as I haven't had anything this good in a while. So it's awesome. it's, it was pretty pricey. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like your $39 bottle that you just like mm. on a diamond in the rough. It's you, you pay what you get, but pay for what you get, but it was, it was worth it. It's good. I'm going to, that go. sound good. Had two of these and I don't know if I'm going to do a third or not. <clears throat> mm. I don't want to waste it. I can answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bear shit in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Man, of, we've, we've, we've had a bear. Running around the foundry recently. Yeah, we just had one to Raleigh. I was like, "What?" Yeah, we had one at the foundry last week, and like sometimes I take these maintenance paths through the woods of shortcuts, and I'm like head on a swivel now every yeah. time I'm on these things. Like, well, what was that? I heard a noise. Like, and I keep on going through. Like, all right, can I be faster than a bear in this golf cart, or no. am I going no. head on? Like, I'm just trying to run this thing over. What's my that's, game plan there? It's probably your best bet is just charge it. You're gonna die anyway, but like, go down with a fight, Mikey. We were playing at I was playing at Mill Quarter. The the it's a public golf course in in Powhatan. It's about ten miles from the foundry. So we this was two weeks ago. We were playing, and I looked back in the fairway and saw this black dog running across the fairway, and it looked a big kind of shaggy dog. And I was like, man, that 
that's a big, is that like a St. Bernard or something? Is that a big dog? And then this dog stopped, stood up on its hind legs and looked at me and had like that. You could see his nose. And I'm like, oh, that is, that is not a dog. That is a now a six or seven foot bear staring at us and on its hind legs. I mean, no, you're right. Like you said, like if, if he'd all of a sudden decided to charge us, we, we can't get away. They run like 25 miles an hour. They want, yeah, they run like 25 miles an hour. Like if they were, if they were in the Olympics, they would be placement. Okay. Can we get a bear in the Olympics? Can we do that <laughs> right now? I mean, we're throwing everybody out for, you know, just make sure it's a smoke pot. Smoke weed, you know, and run the Olympics anymore, but you know, so we need a bear. No, there was one like a couple weeks ago behind our, the middle school here. Thank God they're not in school. Those all these sightings are like, there's a bear and there hadn't been a bear sighting in, in Wake County in a long time. Cause you know, we've got them East of us, you know, East of 95 and New Bern and all that, the New Bern bears and obviously on the West, but like, you know, civilization, we kind of shut them out. Well, they, they're coming back, coming back. Yeah, that's no, not, that's not no, what you like. You. Snakes is one, or, you know, like a possums, a species coming back. That's one thing, but bears. Yeah. <laughs> not okay with that. Well, uh, not, not, not quite on the bear scale, but, <laughs> you know, being down here in Florida, we see a couple of different animals and just not as used to seeing. And my dog yeah. starts losing it in the backyard the other day. And I uh, realized there's an armadillo on the other side of the fence. Oh, armadillo. Yeah, armadillo. They are, yeah. They're weird Texas. looking animals. West, West Texas armadillo. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wait till you see a python snipe sneak up in your in your backyard. No, thank you. They're there, You're, aren't they? McLean, there are bears in Florida. But maybe not quite as far south. You're like kind of Jupiter area. Did you say Stewart? Yeah. Is that where you guys yeah, are? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm in Stewart, right north of but Jupiter. Yeah. Orlando, there's bear, there's we'd see bears over there all the I time. Yeah, and, it's crazy. But yeah, cougars too down there. That's more Jupiter, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real game. That's definitely <laughs> Jupiter. Um all right, do we want to get some golf talk? Yeah. The West Palm Marriott. <laughs> Uh, Cam Davis wins this weekend uh, in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Beats Troy Merritt, Joaquin Neiman in a playoff. I didn't see a whole lot of it. Um, but Cam Davis, Australian, swings it just awesome. Has been playing well. Kind of was playing well earlier in the year. Really, when we started this podcast, January, February, March area was playing well. Um, a few of us we were picking them occasionally for our DraftKings teams. But he gets it done. Uh, cool golf course. Old school. Donald Ross. Out there now, it's a it's a you know it's a birdie fest for these guys, but uh, cool little golf course in Detroit and five hole playoff after an eight hole playoff. So we're on in these marathon playoffs here these last two weeks. But Joaquin Neiman doesn't make a bogey all week, and then Until the first playoff hole bogeys the first playoff hole and Unreal. gets knocked out. And then Troy Merritt leads the field in putting all week and misses a shorty on the fifth playoff hole for par. To lose it, just kind of a couple of weird things happened there. Obviously, not taken away from from what Cam did, but yeah. Um, what are your guys' takes on on Mister Davis? Well, I think he it's one. It's tough because he did shoot thirty one on the back, but he chipped in for eagle on seventeen, which is a good break, and it does take good breaks to win that golf tournament. We saw the shot that he hit; it bounced into the pin and came down. Which, again, not taking anything away from it, but 
you know, he did win. He got a couple of good breaks. Some things fell his way. Troy Merritt missed that putt on the last hole. But, and and to not say that he was given the golf tournament, because keep in mind, he did stuff it on 18 and make that putt yeah. to get to 18 to force that playoff. Um, so there's a, it's tough. You can kind of look at it from both sides. Now, I think what Joaquin Neiman is doing is unbelievable. I, I think that guy is so talented. He's a real deal, isn't he? The real deal. I mean, think about the amount of speed and distance he creates at like 137 pounds is just mind blowing. I mean, okay, hold on. Up. Time out. What, how old were you when you weighed 137 pounds? All of us. Freshman year. <laughs> uh, I think I was <laughs> in high six, school. Of high school. In sixth grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, Mac. You're right there. No, no, no. But you know, regardless, <laughs> what that guy does, I mean, throwing up 180 plus ball speed at his size is an incredible feat. And he gets his credit for it, but he doesn't at the same time. Um, when you talk about a hellacious seed, there's no one on tour that hits a better one than Joaquin Neiman. I mean, he hits that thing 180 miles an hour, 10 feet off the ground, and absolutely smokes it. Uh, I think he's someone, and especially no bogeys for 72 holes and he bogeys to 73rd. That's crazy. What a, what a tough way to lose. Um, I mean, we saw the chip shot he hit and it ran down, caught the slope, but um, you know, th that was fantastic. Troy Merritt. I think that guy made a bunch of putts down the stretch to get up to 18 and getting that playoff. I mean, he was very, very strong. And the fact that he finally missed that one when it counted, it was like he, he had ridden that train so hard of making those five to 12 footers uh, on the back nine. That was just like, finally, the odds just weren't in his favor. Um, but regardless of which, congrats to Cam Smith. Again, chipped it in on Cam 17. Davis. Cam Davis. Wrong Australian. Apologize. Uh, congrats to Cam Davis, chipped in on 17, stuffed it on 18, and outlasted everyone in the playoff. So congrats to him. Yeah, Neiman's now lost two playoffs this year. He lost yeah, right? in Hawaii to uh, oh, that's Mr. Right. English. He's becoming yeah. maybe one of my favorite guys out there. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we might have even talked about it on this show in the past, but, like, you know, it's some of these guys have gotten so robotic, right? And and look, they're studs. They swing it beautifully and they hit it nine miles. And it's it's it is fun to watch. But I personally, you know, I've said it many times. Like it, it breaks my heart a little bit knowing that like we'll probably never see another Lee Trevino or another Jim Furyk, right? Or guys that like you know just either dug it out of the Swingers dirt or swing. made it work. But like you said, you know, Joaquin, like he he's his swing is a little unorthodox. But he hits shots. He can hit yeah. like he he he's crafty and it feels old school to me. And and yeah. maybe that's, you know, a, a, a part of his you know upbringing and, you know, being from where he is that maybe didn't have the resources that we have here in the States to. But he is his golf game is beautiful and he launches it and he got a, he's got a, you know, a, a lovely smile for being 22 years old. And but he's um anyway, I, I like I, I really. I'm becoming a huge fan of this guy. Um, I remember watching him in like the, what was it? The, um, oh, what's it called? The, the, like the central American amateur or the, or Latin American amateur, Latin American amateur. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing him in that. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to see a guy like that. And um, anyway, and you got Cam Davis, you know, he finished Eagle birdie to get into a playoff. So you gotta, you gotta respect that. Um, so anyway, it was kind of a fun finish. You know, it's fun to watch a lot of birdies the other day. Right. Yeah. No, it is. I, I think you're dead on, though, with 
you know, what you think with Joaquin Neiman, he's very natural in what he does. It's not rehearsed. It's not mechanical. Yep. You know, I, I relate it in on the opposite side of the spectrum to a guy who has a great swing and a great career. One of the best players on earth right now is Justin Rose. You know, every time I look at his golf swing, it just seems a little bit mechanical. It's still statistically incredible. And if you look at it on camera, it's hard to argue any position that he puts the golf club in. But the tempo is that's what he's there. doing. The he's putting the club in there. positions. That's exactly yeah. right. You're 100% correct. Whereas a guy like Joaquin, he's out there manufacturing golf shots. You know, a he's guy that has it. a very heavy hit. He he hits the golf club with a lot of shaft lean, hits that low, hard trajectory. I mean, he's a it's guy. It's hard to hit. It's a hard it's, shot to hit. Well, it's very hard to hit, and it's also very hard to control, especially with your wedges. I mean, when you're moving that much turf with a wedge, oh there's, you start to – see the the ball wants to roll up the face it comes off spicy there's so many different things that can happen so spicy, you know, there's a, spicy. spicy. yeah you like that uh yeah. so it, it's one of those things where he has really done well with his style of golf swing he's a he's a young stud who i think we're going to see around the game for a while i'm a big natural golf swing guy another guy john rom for example is i think kind of under that same category of guys that have that very natural golf swing and I think those guys are more poised to stay around for a long period of time than the more mechanical guys. I think timing becomes such a massive aspect for them when they don't have that fluid, smooth tempo. What about an injury risk here too? You think uh, with with that his his movement, right? And that's I think a, a little point. bit with his. I think a little bit with his movement, a little bit with that. Shaft There's a lean. lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts in this way. I think just the repetition of beating balls like that over and over on on the wrist, on the elbows. Um, but what would you what would you relate I, him to? I mean, think about some of the older guys. Though. I mean, a la Lee Trevino, which Tom already brought up. Lee had a heavy hit, good bit of yeah. shaft lean, a very natural golf swing. I almost would argue the opposite that the more natural your golf swing is, because it's tapered or it's it is um, it fits your body, it's right? Produce exactly right. That's what I'm trying to say. It's something that's produced by your natural abilities <clears> of your body. You're not making movements that you're not putting the golf club where positions that you're trying to force, even though you may not have the body to get it there. I would almost argue the opposite way of that, especially if you look at a guy like Jim Furyk, who had the most homemade of homemade swings. I don't think he's dealt a ton with injury. I'm just talking more about impact to ground because he does the swing. Joaquin's knocking out the cable in Detroit this week. Like there are, there's people right now trying to watch our podcast. They wouldn't, they can't watch yeah, it. They're, they're stuck podcast. in one of his divots. Yeah. They're stuck in one of his divots trying to get out. And the guy moves more turf than super sod. I mean, some yeah. of them were like six inches deep, y'all. Like I mean, songs, it was, but, I mean, you're right though. I think these, these swings that a lot of these, these Spaniards have these kind of, you know, really, you know, unique swings. And they like, well, all right, here we go. And we're going to go with, where is, where is Neiman from? Chile. 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 There you go. He's not from Spain. Abraham Answer is from Mexico. Mexico. Joaquin Neiman is from Chile. I'm not going down this road again. (laughs) He already did it a couple weeks ago. I'm not going down this road Spanish sensation, Abraham Answer. Spanish (laughs) sensation. They speak Spanish down there. I don't know what they're doing, man. They do. And I speak okay. English. I'm not from London. I'm not <laughs> English. <laughs> oh my God. That was that was beautiful out of y'all, by the way, a couple weeks ago. I but, did enjoy listening to that. But, I'm like, man, I'm kind of glad I wasn't on that well. conversation. <laughs> to, back to what we were talking about. These guys who have these kind of unique swings are very dynamic and they're very fluid and they're so in tune with their like the timing. Like you said, Justin Rose is a perfect example of a guy who 
you look at, you take a guy who's got a technically sound golf swing, right? And he, everything, all the positions look great, but he's got no, he's struggling to find his, his timing or his sequence. So he, you take a guy who's got a perfectly technically sound golf swing, but no rhythm and no, no sense of sequencing, and they're not going to hit the ball where they want. I mean, when it's all said and done. I put that? Adam Scott. I put Adam Scott in that category. And yeah, like, very hundred percent. Like so, he struggles so with that too. And you look at these guys. Like, I mean, but again, who said that those swings were technically sound? You know, somebody point. did, and, and it was you're basing it off of somebody before them, and they're saying, "Oh, this is a technically sound golf swing." But then you look at you know somebody else who's a look great Bobby player. Jones. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Jones came over the so, top, and he did pretty good. You know? So I mean, I, with that, we've we've gone down this road before. I do think there is a gray area where you everyone kind of falls in this a certain line, and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And there's a reason guys are are training this way because there is a type of swing that's more anatomically sound that's easier. But I'm not saying there's a specific one, but there is one a gray area that if you fall within these margins, yes, you've got a better chance. That's if you are good and uh, with your with your timing, good with your sequencing. Because in the end of the day, you can do all these things right, and this thing can look just perfect. But you're still taking a really small flat face and hitting a little teeny golf ball and trying to hit it, you know, 300 yards. So it's like telling somebody that plays ping pong, "Oh, your technique's great. You should you should never miss hit it." I'm like, dude, I'm I'm swinging the paddle as hard as I can, <laughs> you know. I, I got it, it's timing, you know, it's, it's, it, it's all it is, you know, you have to have a good sense of timing. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in technique that you forget that, you know, it really just comes down to get the face square to the target, make sure you hit the ball cleanly, which I really don't know how anybody does that. I think it's really hard. I've always hit the ground first, but. That's so just- guys, I was, I was, I got to say this. I was working with Jay today. Jay texted me from the 18th fairway. asked as I was available to go check out him for 15 minutes, turn into an hour. Um, I don't know if it was about you guys texting me for 15 minute lessons that turn into long sessions, but McLean, I haven't worked with you yet, but Tom, you've asked for the quick 15 minute lesson that turned into an hour and a half shank fix. Um, <laughs> yes. And then Jay, Jay's up there and we're hitting shots and he goes, well, I hit the golf ball first on that one. That was good. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, Jay, that's what my 15 handicaps say to me in lessons. Why are you saying that? You know, you just got to. Everyone's got goals, man. Yeah. Everyone's got goals. I mean, I was at rock bottom here. I'm trying to. Although I did play. I didn't play that poorly. I shot 69 a day. But again, we, you know. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Just throwing that out. There. Humble brag. Rock <laughs> bottom. Have you shanked 40 <laughs> in a row in the middle of 18 back. fairway at Foundry? Because I have. <laughs> Right. I did not do that today, but the last from the range I'm talking about from the range. No, I I could have laid a blanket over these shanks. I was saying they were so close (laughs) together. But it was Mikey. Mikey did help me. We we I think we got a good game plan. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You're gonna you're gonna work it out. How tall is Cam Davis or Cam whatever his name is? Looks tall. I think he's pretty tall. He looks like he's six foot eight. He's a tall, skinny guy. By the way, you had we were we were kind of talking before we had started this that you wanted me to try to play golf lefty cam davis has an unbelievably good lefty golf swing it's about the same as his righty golf swing yeah he warms up it's like a bobby clampett kind of guy huh yeah it's unbelievable you know after after he won great that's no that's what mac o'grady did they both had that same kind of curly hair mac o'grady wanted to he was trying to enter q school both 
both so, ways. Yep. He said, I'm going to enter as a lefty or righty and as a lefty and go to different stages. And they wouldn't let him do it. Like you're the same person. I don't care if you're playing righty or lefty. <laughs> they wouldn't do it. That's but, um, pretty brilliant though. That so is, Jay, Jay, I wanted to ask you about something that kind of came up this week and also that, that uh, McLean brought up about, you know, kind of luck or being fortunate, you know, Cam Davis chips in there and makes Eagle. Well, Bryson, her boy, got interviewed on Wednesday. So they ask him about the 44 at the U.S. Open, and they ask him what happened, and he goes, just luck. And he goes into this whole thing, and we kind of talked about this before, about, oh, yeah, I slipped, and then this and that, and luck, and I caught a bad lie here. If you hit it in the fairway, you don't get a bad lie, but he caught a bad lie there. I love, this is my favorite line. Um Spins off the front of the green into a really bad lie and just hit it off the hosel. I'm not sure how that's Meaning a bad break. You it. Yeah, you shanked it. I'm not sure how that's yeah. luck. Or, but then someone then follows up and asks Patrick Reed about luck. And he doesn't believe in luck. And he's like, nope, the guy who wins the golf tournament usually gets a good break here or there. That could make a difference. But a lot of times it's, you know, who's playing it, who's playing well wins. Da, da, da. And he was kind of downplaying what luck has to do with winning. I've I never think, won shit. So I just, I'm, I'm going with Bryson. I think I just got, I've gotten really bad luck for 36 <laughs> years playing this game. Um, no, I, I actually, I don't, I, you know, I'm going to just chime off here, but yeah, you're right. I think Patrick Reed is, I mean, the guy is a knucklehead, but he's hundred percent right. The, luck is what you make it. You know, the, the better you are, the better your luck. And that means the reason being, if you drive the ball in the fairway more often, you're not going to, you're, you're not plugging balls in bunkers. If you hit more greens, you're not plugging balls in bunkers, you know, greenside bunkers, you know, don't, don't hit it there. You know, it's, it's that that's plain and simple. Like I, I, Bryson, that's his way of, of making him feel better and keeping his confidence up to say it's all bad luck in, in, in really, in, in reality, we all know he just, he played like, he played like crap, you know, he played bad and, for some people, they're better off saying, you know, it's it's bad luck because that keeps their confidence up. I remember there's a couple of golfers. God, I'm trying to think of, you know, Brian Gay was one that pops into my mind who always talks about putting, and he's a great putter, but he always says it's never his fault. You know, it's I, it wasn't my fault. I didn't, I, you know, I aimed where I needed to aim, and the ball didn't go in the hole. You know, but it, it had to hit a spike mark. You know, it wasn't it wasn't me. It wasn't my stroke. You know, it's something else. And that was a way to keep the, keep their confidence up so they could they could keep playing. And I feel like uh, Bryson's kind of doing the same thing. He played poorly, and he's he's using that excuse to kind of keep his confidence going. Really, he just say, you know, I have played bad. But yeah, I just I reach their own. But I, don't I, know. Read, I read think, that late tonight, and I was kind of curious on your take. But I think ahead. especially for the guys that win, they're, it's not that they're lucky that they put themselves in that position because that's all skill-based. But I think even if you go back to this week, looking at how Cam Davis chipped in on the 17th, there's a little bit of luck involved. You get a good break. Most of the time when a winner wins, there's a good break involved somewhere on the line there. It, it, it absolutely happens to a certain I think it's extent. more than one. Now, I, and I don't disagree with that at all, Tom. I think that's probably correct. Now, I will say it does speak a lot to me about what Patrick Reed thinks. He's like, I don't need luck. I don't need karma. That's why I can move the ball and yeah. put it where I want to. Never have a bad lie. To hell with luck if you can cheat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. I mean, there 
there are definitely lucky breaks, but I think the guy, I mean, Cameron Davis was playing incredible golf. So it's not like you're talking about, you know, the guy who just made the cut and all of a sudden gets lucky and wins the golf tournament. I mean, he was near the top of the lead the whole week. He's playing good golf. Yes. He did. He good, good, get a good break. Yeah, of course he got a good break, but he was always playing good golf, putting himself in the position to get those breaks. Um, and you, every, Every player gets them. It's just a matter of how you look at it. You know, if you're four over par on the back nine and you hit a ball that hits a rake beside a bunker and it kicks on the green and you make the putt for birdie, that doesn't seem like a good break because you're three over par. You're like, oh, you know, you don't care. It's not, you don't recognize it as a good break. But if you're, you know, last three holes of golf tournament and you flail one to the right and it hits a rake and goes on the green, you make birdie, it's the greatest break of all time. But the only reason it's great break is because you're you're playing well and you're in the hunt and, and people notice it and you even notice it because you know how important the situation is. When you're playing poorly and you get those breaks, it's not. You only notice those bad breaks because that's kind of the, the mindset you're in. It's a lot of it. Good break, bad break has to come down to what your mindset is. If you're playing well, you think it's a good break. If you're playing poorly, you only notice the bad breaks. You're like, oh, I'm getting, I'm just getting bad breaks. And and that's Bryson's no different. He was playing poorly. And he was hitting bad shots. And yes, he ended up in some bad spots, but he hit, he was hitting bad shots. So he he uh, associated that with bad breaks the whole time. And that was, again, like I said, that was his way to justify why he shot 44 when in reality, he just hit it like shit. I mean, if that if that's a very fair assessment, if that case yeah. of Stella wasn't there, that ball could have rolled back onto the green. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that guy like Bryson, it, it just his. Talk about the tournament he's playing in, like breaks, like good breaks and bad breaks are magnified at a U.S. Open, right? So, yeah. um, if, if if it starts going south, and I actually had a good conversation with my dad about this because he um, he has a very strong opinion on Bryson right now, as and a little bit of experience in the Open. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's just like you know, you, you like he was very disappointed in the way he. And like if it starts going south of all tournaments, you know, like if you're playing in a, a, a let's say the Rocket Mortgage, right, where it's a birdie fest, if it's going south, like you can, let's you know, switch the switch the mindset, get aggressive, whatever. But you can't do that in the U.S. Open. You have to like stop the, the hemorrhaging, right, and get in the fairway. Yeah, got to, that's what it starts. That's all. At the end of the day, it's all it starts with. Give you yourself know, an like, easy par. I just made three bogeys in a row. Like I've got to get this one in the fairway. Yeah, Bryson's pulling out that you know heater driver trying to just tump like no, that's just a wrong approach. Like, yeah, get the ball in play, and then he's like, oh, I got a bad break. I hit it four hundred miles offline. Yeah, that wasn't a bad break. Uh, you know, no, that's not a bad break. That's a, a, a it a wasn't a bad shot. golf swing. What do you bad golf swing? It was a bad decision. Well, like, yeah. let's go back to the you know you deciding to unleash the beast there. Like that yeah. was just stupid. So yeah, um, but I, but I do agree with you completely, Jay. That like winners. And and I, I'm up. Use you for example, Jay. Like I've I've been. A, I mean, I've known you a long damn time. Uh oh. Oh, here we you go. Know, sometimes, like when you were at your when you were really rolling, you know, these multiple times throughout your career, like that you got on a roll in college, and then you know, amateur golf after college, like you, you were so quick to like a bad round or a bad shot, like you would just be like, ah, you know, I I, I, I you know, I made a good swing. You know, boom, and move on. Which I yeah. think that's what winners do. Like they don't, they don't dwell on. You know, yeah. yeah maybe was that? What was that? Was that a? Yeah, I hit a bad shot. They don't. No, I didn't hit a bad shot. I hit a good shot, made a good swing, got a bad result. 
move on. Yeah. You know, kind well, of. I think, I think I think that's good, what winners do. Good yeah. players are, or someone who's playing well in a in a given tournament isn't putting themselves in a position to get a bad break, right? When they're hitting fairways and hitting greens, they're not going to be in an opportunity to. Well to get said. a bad break. If if they're hitting a chip that's going by the hole and it happens to hit the flags that can go in, well, that's a good break because they're by around the hole where sure. the guy who flubs it short is not going in the hole or the guy who's three feet offline is not going in the hole. So the guy who's hitting it bad has more opportunities for bad breaks yeah. and bad lies okay. and bad things. Right? And, and to take, to take that one step further, they also are because they're playing well. Their mindset is more positive, so they yes. don't view these breaks as bad. So, so yes, you are hitting more fairways. You're hitting more greens, and if you do choose the wrong club, you know, say you got one sixty to cover the bunker, and you, you know, take your nine iron, thinking you're going to smash it, and you, you know, just come up a little short, knowing that you just have to just cover that bunker, and it hits on top and rolls back in. You're like, oh man, I only missed my yard. My yard is about one you know, one foot, you know, and then rolls back in the bunker. You're like, ah, you know, I hit a good shot. I hit it well. You know, whereas Bryson would say, oh, I got a bad break. I mean, the wind came up, gusted up right when I hit. That's easily gone. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's all about mindset. You know, it's like, where are you? Where where, where are you in in your, you know, positivity ranking? Are you up here? Are you, you know, down here where you're constantly, everything is negative. I mean, I'm no different. I was just, you know, I'm the same way. I mean, you guys been are the there. same way. You, human nature. You're playing well. You, you know, you, you're positive. And then when you hit bad shots, it's not that bit. It's not that bad because you know you're playing well and you can recover. But when you're playing poorly, you need every shot to go just the way that you envision it to get back on track. And when it doesn't, you know, that's when you get negative. You view it as a bad shot or a bad break, and you're like, oh, I'm getting all the bad breaks. I mean, and that's 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 the not universe, that's the way it works. Universe provides, right? You know, What's that? But yeah. Universe. I mean, not to get all hippy dippy, but you know, that's sometimes yeah. like, you know, you're just, you know, the cloud in your head is just, you just know you walk out there some days and you're like, this is not, this could be a long, yeah. this could be a long day, you know? And then there's days you're like, you just kind of feel good about things. You yeah. say, I'm in a good mood and I'm with my buddies and what I just kind of, and you, it, it, one, you hit it, you hit one fat and it bounces over a bunker and lands on the green, you know? And then <laughs> yeah. that same day, if you're in a bad attitude, it, you know, plugs in the front lip, you know, you're like, Shh. but you know, the, the moral is just don't be a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of being a douchebag and bad breaks, imagine getting prepared all week for a tournament and then your caddy quits the night before it starts. Speaking of Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. And you know what was even funnier is that they kept running the rocket mortgage commercials with Bryson and his caddy the whole week. <laughs> Because they'd already caddy. plugged all those spots, man. They already yeah, just, yeah. Just, yeah. Caddy wasn't there. even there. I was like, oh my god. So obviously, the big Brutal. news came out Thursday morning. Um, Bryson's caddy, Tim Tucker. It sounds like he quit. There's varying reports. Um, depending Imagine on how exhausting his job is dealing with that. Oh clown. god, it's got to be brutal. But he was there all week because there was a that stupid video film made. Or not stupid, but he was joking around that he was going to break Bryson's eight iron because of the upcoming match they have, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. Tim Tucker was on the back, but that was on Tuesday or Wednesday. He was there for the program on Wednesday, caddying for him. Thursday morning, he's not there, and Bryson gets one of the tour guys from Cobra Puma to caddy for him. Um, ben Joman. Did you have news on that, McLean? You said he, you had heard that he had. Ben had thought he was carrying all along or what? Because 
you know, you, if you listen to Bryson's agent, he comes out saying, oh, yeah, they mutually parted ways and it was, you know, tired in a relationship, this and that. And then other uh, reports I, came out that Tim Tucker just fired or I just, just quit. I have. It's not confirmed. It's from a source who is close to Ben. So it is confirmed. No, I, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Just say it now. Confirm it. OK. <laughs> So we're not real journalists yet, McLean. So you can really just say yeah, it. Anyway. We can do anything we want. Ben man. Showman had to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is why Tucker was there for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it was always going to be that Showman was covering for that week while Bryson apparently was trying to find something. That was what I was told. I don't have any. I can't totally verify that, but I was told that that's why that Tucker was there early in the week, but that the split was already made mutual. But for the guy who was going to cover, Ben Showman, who is the tour director for Cobra Cobra Puma, um, still had his own work responsibilities. Now, Caddy and for Bryson is certainly one of those, and he made time for that, but there's still, I guess, some other stuff that had to be done. His work week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, but wow. <laughs> Wow, you getting you getting the she hand delivered? Me off. I mean, I, I don't have a way to actually open the beer, but she did bring a Corona and a lime. Well, you're set. I have no way to open it. All right, you got two options. Can you do the? the She's flicking me the, off uh, the, the ring. Time. Can you do the ring thing? I can't do the ring. I can't, I can't either. How about your teeth? Don't. It, teeth, they're not. I don't, don't think do they're healthy enough to do. Don't that. do that. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to do something because we want to see it. Okay. I'm. We're going to make something happen. I. I haven't just. I haven't figured it out yet, but there's going to be an old frat trick coming out somewhere. Um, so for all, for our, you know millions of listeners, while you know, McLean was giving his little spiel there, um, he gets handed a, a beer and a lime from his darling wife in the background. Amazing wife, yeah, from the lovely. As we you still in earshot, McLean? That's right. No, she has closed the sliding glass door. Okay, <laughs> so I actually did mean that. I swear. <laughs> So what'd you guys make of that whole thing uh, as far as, you know, Tim Tucker quitting? Is it just a kind of a funny laugh and hell Bryson's a, a pain in the ass at caddy for? And can you that's, imagine that's about it? I mean, it's got to be a brutal, brutal. I mean, like it's, it's not you're not checking like the old guys, like some of these old school guys. I'm talking like fluff and 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 um, growler. I mean, I can't remember. Uh, Greller. Lynn, oh. Lynn. I can't remember. Lynn. Anyway, Lynn's Lynn was a Vietnam vet that caddied for. My old man for a little bit, he kind of for Crenshaw for a little while, whatever. But these guys were like, they were tough as nails. And yeah. they were out there, they gave you yardages. They didn't read putts, you know, maybe if you asked, but they, they gave they you yardages, they break bunkers, and they showed up on time. They were not sober. They were never, they were just, they, just, they were there. <laughs> they did what they were supposed to I do. Would, I'll carry the bag. Yeah. And they, and they, they were, keep but, up, showed up. Yeah. And exactly, right. Exactly, Jaybird. And they, uh, but like these guys, but they became part of the, the family. I mean, I remember in my dad's prime, Greg Rita, you know, God rest his soul. Um, you talk about, you know, how important is a caddy? Well, Greg Rita caddy for, you know, my dad in his prime that he had, he was with Norman for a lot of his wins. He was with John Daly for a lot of his wins. You remember when Scott Hoke made that run late in his career? Yeah. He was with him. So like, there's something, there's a common denominator. So Greg Rita was great. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he, he wasn't a scientist, like, you know, if, yeah. if you try to take Greg Rita at his best, who was probably one of the best caddies has ever lived, and try to put him for Bryson, he'd do it for an hour and be like, screw this guy. This guy's a wacko, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I it's mean, just Bryson, Bryson had him spritzing golf balls on the driving range, right? So he could practice with like a Dewey golf ball and see what the launch number numbers are. 
you know, and like he practices and there's plenty of footage. He practices till pitch dark. Not only well, we don't know what he was making either. That's the thing. Like the old guys made, you know, they made their percentage and, and they had their little weekly stipend or whatever. And that was it. Now these yeah. guys are making big money. Some of these yeah. big it's name true. guys are paying these guys a, a pretty hefty salary. So it's, it's big business now. So now like, you know, if you got to spritz golf balls, but you're making, you know, 800 grand a year, probably actually, no, I take that back. They're probably making over a million dollars a year. Well, the, the, yeah. For the top 10 guys. Yeah. Top 10 yeah. guys. Like, you right. spritz the shit. I'll spritz anything. You know, yeah. for that paycheck, yeah, I can do a lot of other things with that golf ball. I promise you. <laughs> you know, and but to to your point, <laughs> to your point, Mikey, uh, I think you know he's probably looking at his the situation. He's like, look, I, I'm I'm a good caddy. I'm doing I'm doing what I need to do, and I'm working with Bryson, and I've been around a lot of these other top 10, 15, 20 players in the world, and they're like, hey, man. Where you know I get along with you, we'd be a good fit. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's got they, another job. Guys, you guys talk about this without saying it. Like, mm-hmm. like there's, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a time where he was out doing playing in a uh, practice round with another player who's is in between caddies, who's a, a top twenty, top thirty player in the world, and they're they get along, they mesh well, they're on the same wavelength in terms of like golf IQ and personality and they're like hey man we need to do this together like i don't know what bryson's paying you but yeah tim tucker's not not quitting unless he's got another bag to go okay but did he did he make enough money finally who where he was like i don't have to deal with this shit anymore no he's gonna pick up a bag jay's i think jay's spot spot on like i think he's definitely picking up a bag but i think he also was able to pocket enough cash and this is again total speculation Mm -hmm. but it's also the opportunity where i think the guy has in the last three years on Bryson's bag, obviously made more than seven figures and has put away enough change. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to spritz golf balls anymore. No, no spritzy, spritzy. Maybe. I mean, yeah, no, there's a, there's certainly a chance that, or, or, or he said, I mean, this is, this is what he does. He's a, he's a, he's a professional caddy and he's one of the best in the business. So either he's got another bag or he is, uh, or he just says, look, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take the rest of the year off and, and, and bank what I've made and then come back fresh next year and, and latch on with somebody. Cause I mean, he's won a, he's won a major championship. He's, he's caddy for a player who's in the top 10 in the world. I mean, there's, there's plenty of guys who are on that fringe that, that need that experience from a caddy like that. And, and Tim's been around the game for 20 plus years, you know, the, there's a there's a young player that's that's probably if it's not a young player it's another player that's got some experience who's right on the edge of being a top ten player that he's he's looking at thinking hey I can help this guy and it's part of the challenge like hey I, I can help you and we will get along much better than I get along with Bryce yeah he he might be okay taking a ten percent haircut no yeah okay maybe I won't make quite as much but if I, I don't have to deal with that I enjoy it and I can only take a ten percent cut. And this guy could potentially be a top five player in the world too, and put a little, you know, a little risk there, and and just say, hey, I'm going to take it because Bryson's a DB, and I can't fucking stand the guy anymore. So, well, you know, it, you know, I was, I was, I was kind of on Bryson's side a little bit with this whole Brooks and Bryson squabble that they got going on, because I feel like from at least from a you know, spectator watching, you know, you know, TV, I didn't feel like he did enough to warrant the kind of ridicule that he was getting. I mean, he's a weird guy. Don't get me wrong. 
but I don't think he did enough to get like the backlash that he got from Brooks. But now, after seeing this caddy basically, you know, quitting, there's got to be something else going on yeah. where I mean, well, maybe, maybe we only see maybe we we only see the tip of the iceberg with Bryson and what he is capable. I think of. you absolutely only see the tip of that, and we'll get yeah. that in a, in a second too because. Speaking of Brooks, real fast, he jumped on it real fast. He did. He he posted like immediately, like thirty minutes after the news comes out. He posted a picture of him hugging his caddy and how much he loves his his Ricky Elliott, his caddy, and Caddy Appreciation Day. I'm like, wow, that his social media team was on it. (laughs) Whoever posted that. But so here's the thing: you you talking about not seeing everything with Bryson, and this is going to be well. Everyone knows I love to rail on Bryson. This is going to be another opportunity, but I'm also going to lump fill into this yeah kind of a we'll, we'll do another mass hole minute you guys can chime in on so my mass hole minute on, on phil and bryson is their take on the media right say what you want about the media in in golf and politics and the news whatever you want right everyone likes the bash the media however bryson had this spat with a camera guy last year actually at the same tournament i think it was rocket mortgage he yelled at a guy because he was having a hissy fit out of a bunker some news comes out in the in the uh, Detroit Free Press or whatever this week about Phil and some old gambling debt that he had to have a lawsuit over. And just a few weeks, it was a 20-year-old story, but just a few weeks ago, all the uh, court documents were finally released, right? And so some guy writes this piece, and it wasn't really a hit piece. It wasn't negative. It was about some guy basically stiffing Phil. This bookie owed, owed Phil a bunch of money. 500K. 500K. All right. And so Phil gets his panties in a wad and says, I'm never coming back to this tournament. You know, screw Detroit, like all this. I can't believe you're doing this and and digging up all this stuff. And then so Bryson, his caddy quits. He's the defending champion of Rocket Mortgage. I think he's sponsored by Rocket Mortgage as well. And he doesn't do an interview after either round, misses the cut, never speaks to the media. And so Bryson wants to play it off and Phil wants to play off like, oh, man. What? What? No, I mean he's gonna get fined. I mean, I oh yeah, yeah, fine. absolutely. Yeah, they have to. They have to talk. But it's like these guys mm-hmm. want to use the media for only positive. And Bryson's like, yo, last year with the whole cameraman. Oh, my brand, my brand. I have a brand to protect. Well, guess what, pal? If there weren't cameras, you wouldn't have a brand. No yeah. one would know who you are. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't be playing golf for millions of dollars if there weren't cameras. So yeah, you don't want to have a hit. You don't want people to see your hissy fit. Don't have a hissy fit. Yeah. You are, you are, you can't. And that's my whole thing with Phil is I think Phil's phony. I think Bryson's phony. They have this persona they want to portray in front of the cameras. And and in Phil's case, he's sucked up to enough TV executives and hosts and they don't show or talk about the bad stuff that you could. And we've all heard rumors. I've seen some shit with Phil behind the scenes that does not jive with who the media portrays Phil Mickelson of. Or he, who, who he wants or who he, who wants, he wants everyone to, to, to think, think he, is. he is it right and so it's like wait a minute boys you, you can't like the media only for when it's it's good stuff and then bash them like crazy when you don't like what they're saying about you so i got i got two i got two comments here real quick um you're right i agree with you 100 said both of those guys just remember why you are famous you know remember why you make as much money as you make is because people want to watch you and and it's your job to give your opinion and do your interviews and so forth. It's part of the gig, you know. 
But I will say that um, there is no regulation on what the media can write. And I definitely hate that. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no consequence for, for posting an article with no validation. So you can say whatever you want, whether the facts are true or not true, and it's art, it's out there. So that part I don't like, but I, I, I agree with what, where you were going with that. Cause I think both of those guys, they sometimes forget why they're famous and they like, you know, Phil, it's like, Hey dude, if, if where there's smoke, there, there's fire. Like if, if you didn't get involved with uh, a mobster and wherever and have some type of gambling debt, then that wouldn't be a story, but you did. So yes. you did do that. And he did owe you $500,000. And the fact that somebody brought it up because there was new news about it just two weeks ago, that's not, that's not their problem. It's your problem for doing it. So I do a hundred percent. I'm on, I'm on board with what you're saying, but I, I do think, and coming from somebody, you know, not to where those guys are, but like having to answer questions and, and people, you know, uh, you know, some of the media asking questions about some stuff that's not relevant and then having no rep, you know, you know, repercussion for, for not, you know, portraying the facts properly. That part bothers me a little bit. I wish there was some type of, there was something that would that would make these some of these reporters think twice about what they're reporting. Like, hey, this this needs to be right. This needs to be right. If it's not, th- this is going to happen to me. I'm going to lose my, you know, you know, whatever, my right to 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 you know, write articles, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's got to be some type of repercussion. Right now, there's nothing. It's like you just write whatever you want, and if you mess up, all you have to do is say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that," and that's it. There's nothing. But the damage is done. You know, and we've talked about this before with John Feinstein, how he wrote that article or he wrote that book, The Open Championship, and and cited me in this. I think we've talked about this on podcast. Yeah, we did. But, but yeah, you know, absolutely. that's the that part of it just bothers me because he didn't do his his due diligence to get the facts right. If you're going to write a full page, you know, spread in one of your books, the least you can do is get the facts right. And he didn't have them right. None of them are right. They were all actually all wrong. So if you're gonna if you're gonna you know, slander someone's name, a young kid, a college kid, eight, 19 year old kid, and have people, my whole all of my family call me and say, Oh man, like I've read that book. Like, what are you doing, idiot? You didn't know you couldn't hit bunker shots on the golf course? Of course I knew that you couldn't do that, because that didn't happen. You know, that that there's nothing, there's nothing there that says, Hey man, you messed up, you know, we're gonna take you're fined a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars for from your proceeds from this book, but no, I get you there. There's nothing there to, to so, stop that. I think you're spot on. So my two thoughts on that are exactly. So the media, it, it, I don't know when it flipped, but you know, my old man used to talk about like, he used the references as like, you know, J- Kennedy, right? Like so JFK, you know, everybody, you know, he was a great president, right? He was, we, we, we all, you know, now know yeah. the kind of man he really was, but back then the media protected, like they were a part of the team and like, it used to be that way in sports journalism too. Like if you were in the inner circle, you were in and you could report, you know, what, you know, was on the record was off the record. And your job was to like, you, you kind of were part of that process. Right. And you, you knew that if you, you know, 
ever reported anything that was kind of out of bounds, you, you lose that connection out. You'd be cast yeah. out. Well, somewhere along the lines, it switched to where all of a sudden, like, hey, now you get more recognition for being the guy, the whistleblower, right? To calling some guy out, even if the facts are not 100% right, as you were just saying, Jay. And, and yeah. that's 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 very shameful. I and, yeah. and, and there's still some of the greats, like, you know, Doug Ferguson, for example, who writes for, you know, the AP, right? Associated Press is one of the greatest golf journalists of all time, right? And he is, he's just one of the great sports journalists. And Doug understands he's never, he, he'll, he'll push the envelope, but he understands like he, he appreciates his, his relationships and he's yeah, always yeah. done a great job. He's one of the best, but, but then there was a guy, Dan Jenkins, right? Remember Dan Jenkins? When Dan got old, he got ornery and he was spiteful because Tiger wouldn't talk to him. So then he started like taking shots at Tiger just because, just because, Tiger wouldn't speak to him. It was like all of a sudden, like, hold on, you're a you're a reporter. You're like, yeah, you don't have, you're not allowed to have an ego, right? Yeah. You know, you need to do your job. And, Report, and he started writing shit about Tiger just because Tiger wouldn't talk to him. Yeah. So that's well, there's also it. there's also the other side. So, like we said, there where, where people get protected, right? Because no, you know, I'm not you, saying you should be protected. You, you look you, at a lot in other sports in uh a certain city, right? You have that city's newspaper beat reporter covers a baseball team. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of homer coverage because that that baseball reporter doesn't want to say something bad about the first baseman because he needs access to the first baseman. He needs sure. exactly. to be able to interview them. Right. And so yeah. I think in and take it back to kind of what we've been talking about with with Phil and Bryson, especially Phil. I think there's a lot of golf reporters who have heard things and just don't report it because they want access to Phil and Phil has been nice to them and Phil's played the game. Yeah. And so they're playing the game as well. And so they've helped feed this narrative of, you know, Don Johnson in tin cup where the, the narrative was one thing, <laughs> right. In all he honesty, loves, he loves right. And on that, like Phil, like the world, the world, if the world truly knew, you know, what, who Phil Mickelson is and what he's about, I don't think he would be as popular as he is. No, I, I, and I will leave it at that. And, and I think we all four of us know, a lot more than the general public about Phil and his, you know, and, and things just kind of go away, you know, like these big, yeah. you know, um, you know, insider trading kind of went away. And then, you know, you know, like, you know, Massimo, you know, he and his wife spent some time in jail for what they did about that, you know, getting the, the, that, you know, California, getting the kids into school things. Right. Yeah. Phil was right in the middle of that. And it just kind of went away, you know, but anyway, I, so, so no, it is what it is, but Phil, Phil and Bryson are in the same camp, in my opinion. Yeah. They're both full of shit. They say what the world wants them to think, but you ask their peers, you know, what they really think about them, and you get a different story. And my voice is no, going. So I, so I think, no, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think, there were, and again, we're going to get into journalism, which none of us really know anything about other than our experience with like getting interviewed for whatever reason. But, you know, I've got, I've got two stories and I've got, uh, so a, a friend of the pod, uh, Jordan Utley, his father was a writer for the Richmond Times Dispatch, sports writer. His name is Arthur Utley. Great guy. He you know interviewed. He did it for thirty. Great guy. Years. Great guy. Absolutely great guy. And if I messed up and did something silly, I would I would have no problem with him reporting the news. Hey, Jay did X, Y, and Z, and that's it. That's it. I mean, I did it. But he also, at the same time, he did a good job of of building relationships with these these people, whether it's 
And obviously he covered everything, you know, high school football, high school basketball, golf. He, he did it all. He covered everything. He was great. He was a great reporter. But he did have a good he did a good job of of building relationships with with these people, knowing that, hey, at, at some point in time, you know, hey, if they don't play well and I've got to report the news and, and say exactly what happened, I will do it. But I'm not going to necessarily I'm not going to go out of my way to slander these guys because I you want put to, me in that position. That's I what they want, said. They, yeah, yeah, I'm going to report what I have to. Report. I'm going to report. I'm going to report the news. If it happened, it happened. But I'm not going to put this weird spin on it to try to gain some credibility or some notoriety for being the first to post this outlandish story that may or may not be true. Because he didn't want to risk the relationships that he had built within the community. And I yeah, think if you get caught at a, at a, with a hooker, he's not going to say it was your sister. You know, is that covering that. or is that not covering? Yeah, <laughs> that might be worse. Bad yeah, analogy. A, a great reporter like, hey, if, if the news is there, I'm going to report it. But at the same time, I'm going to I'm going to like you said, Mikey, I, I've got to I've got to protect the relationship to protect my. Um, accessibility to these to these guys, um, and I think in any any player or, or sports figure, if they if they did play poorly or did whatever, they're going to report the news. Hey, Jay, you know, shot X, Y, and Z. He played like crap. You know, this is what this is his score. You know, it is what it is. But I'm not going to go out of my way to try to create some weird narrative and create my own little story or my own little opinion on it when it's not necessarily true without getting any type of um, any type of interview with the player themselves. And, you know, again, this is a small story in a small city, Arthur Utley, but I think he is one of the guys who did it the right way. And he's always done it the right way. He's since retired, but he's, you know, he's been out of, out of it, but also been uh, recognized as one of the best, you know, sports writer, sports writers in our area. I mean, there's plenty in, in the country, obviously on a larger scale that do it the right way. And they know like, there's plenty of sports writers that had a good relationship with Michael Jordan, knowing that like, hey, hey, Mike, this this gambling thing's coming out. I've got to talk about it. I don't have to try to go into you know a large detail about what you did wrong and what you did right. But this is here. It's a story. I've got to write about it. And I think he he knows like, yeah, dude, I gamble. And 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 Phil should be the same way. Like, hey, five hundred thousand dollars to a mobster in, was it in Chicago or where was it? No, That's up Detroit. around. In Detroit, it's like you did it. Well, it, it wasn't even a negative, really, really well, a negative story because it wasn't the, even a negative book, story. But the bookie was, owed him. It was, yeah, it, owed, it was a real thing. Like it's not. Here's, just the, like, here's the thing we're forgetting, guys, is that like it was those the, you know the old school guys back in the day, they didn't have to deal with now. Like now these guys have their own platform, right? Social media, they have their own. Like back in the day, the only way you could get your voice out there as an athlete or whatever it was through the media, right? You had to have that guy on the inside that would kind of help you tell your side of the story yeah. now with social media and, and, and what have you, like they don't need it as much. So it's almost like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like us against them right. or them You're against right. them or whatever. hundred percent. Right. They're, they're feeling maybe insignificant. Some of these reporters like, Hey, if you know, you can, you, you're telling your side of the story, but I need to, I need to give a different spin. So here I'm going to, I'm going to chime in and give, give my I mean, opinion. Perfect example. Remember when um, uh, Mike Piazza, so remember all those rumors were going around that he was, you know, he was gay and all that stuff. And he like there was no social media for him to clear it up. He had to call a press conference. Remember that? Yeah. And invite the media to tell his side of the story. And that's like what it used to have to be. And that's that's crazy. You know, now it's just you jump on, you know, 
the undef- what is it the undefeated website you know that LeBron runs or you get your own social media thing and you know you say yeah, what you say on your site people read that more than they read the newspaper the now. players tribune that that's, what that's what it is yeah. yeah i want zero part of anything lebron is involved speaking in. of did you guys see the article that uh lebron james confronts uh one of the announcers at a high school basketball game because he didn't like the way that the announcer uh, portrayed his son in the basketball game yeah see well, it's like i'm sorry he just is- stopped he just stopped and argued with the referee during a game, he stopped yeah. play, and he's 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 a parent on the side of the court. He's not the friggin' coach. What he is I, play? I, I want to like, like LeBron. I know, me too. I, I do want to like him. I want to like him because he is one of the I, most talented guys that ever lived playing basketball. But it, and he's but when he tries to take figure, figure it out, when he, he tries just, to take a platform and tries to act like he is so educated on all these <laughs> social topics, I, I mean. I can't stand it. You get paid to entertain. You get paid very handsomely to entertain, but it stops literally there, especially considering that. Uh, sorry. What was your last year that you completed in school? LeBron. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just checking. So Just checking. I'm not, I'm no one. I'm no one to say it. it's not like I went as far as everyone else did, but at the same time, it's just like, wait a second. I, I have, no bearing to be giving comments on topics that I'm not educated on, but this yeah. guy wants to jump in the limelight and use his platform. And he does it in a very ignorant way. I'll leave it there. And I'm done. Mikey, Mikey, Joaquin Neiman. What, how many majors does he win? And which is his first one? He wins. He wins. That was a, a, ma- that was a, a quick roll reversal right there. <laughs> he wins a masters yep. and that's it. One masters. That's it. With his, fellow, with his fellow Spaniard, Sergio Garcia. <laughs> Golly. We're just on a roll right here. Um, all right. So, real fast. That got on a wild tangent. Um, his tangents are great. They yeah, are. They're good. They're good for, they're good at, for television. At times. Um, on radio. So, real fast, before we get into uh, the John Deere, because everyone's dying to hear that. Um, we have the match tomorrow. Which is oh, that's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is the match. Uh, what is this? The third or fourth one they've done? Should we do a pod tomorrow night? The fourth one. No. Um, (laughs) Phil Nicholson versus my boy Tom Brady against Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Mikey, hold on, Mike. Mike. The amount of Tommy in this match is unbelievable. Tommy, give me a Tommy. Tommy. Touchdown, touchdown, Tommy Brady. There it is. All right, so I mean, it's I, it's going to be really easy for me to root against Bryson and Aaron Rodgers because we all know I hate Bryson and Aaron Rodgers is a he's tool creeping up the list himself. Doesn't talk to his family and is wildly overrated and an underachiever in his career. Uh, to even be in the same <laughs> sentence as Tom Brady is a joke. So, I mean, I wouldn't say he's overrated, but you're you're right that he is not in the same ballpark as tom brady no question but no he no he, one is. he is a very he's a very talented guy and i think the problem is he knows he's talented and i think he he tries to use it way too much if he would just stick to what he's really good at throwing the football he's an absolutely incredible thrower of the football just do that does exactly. anybody know what his right. handicap stick, is stick to what you're supposed to do so what's kept so it from winning they can score points whatever. is their defense that bad is that why they can't win jay 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, he's they have won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's won one. But one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, I think, is, so is Trent Dilfer. He's won one. Yeah, I think a little bit of that. I mean, Brad some, Johnson some, won one. Some would argue well coaching. Played. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't didn't love Mike McCarthy, but I mean, he did win a Super Bowl, so it couldn't have been too bad. Um, so, but again, you're right, Mike. I think a lot of it just comes down to just just doing what you do well, and you're he he is. He is arguably one of the most the one of the purest passers of the football in the NFL. Like from a from from a talent standpoint, like he can send he can drop back and throw off his back foot. He can throw it 55, 60 yards and just throw an absolute perfect spiral. When was the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers throw a duck? Never, no, never. When was the last it, it, time you never. when was the last time you watched him win a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, he has won a Super Bowl, and there's okay, a lot how of long ago. There's a lot of guys in the NFL who throw great. There are great passers that have not won Super Bowl. He's not a winner. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. He's, he's not, not a winner. <laughs> oh, he, he has won. He's not he's, a winner, it, though. If you're going to be worth if, if you're well, if you're on, one wait, of the greatest oh, oh, greatest right, quarterbacks, on, the most. Hold on, hold on, Boston. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Like not hey, everybody's going to be Tom Brady. Not everybody's going to. I'm not saying he has to win seven like my guy. But Nobody has. Nobody can, will ever can, do that. Can you win more than one if you're so good at being quarterback and no, get out I'm of just... the Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson family? <laughs> well, there's there's plenty of Hall of Fame quarterbacks Joe that have Flacco. only won. There's plenty of Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have not won a Super Bowl. Okay. So, there's a lot of shit quarterbacks that have won one. Mikey, you know that yeah, my dog yeah. is named Trent Dilfer, right? <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> your, dog's a, dog. your dog's a loser, too. <laughs> exactly right no i i mean i'm I'm kind of in the middle of the road here because i think that in the last couple of years aaron Rodgers has gotten i said this about three years ago when i when he was really struggling he it's like he wanted to make every play like a home run play it's like man you don't have to do that you know and i, I know that the whole the whole bryson he whines and he moans and he makes excuses just put in the work, be a good teammate, be a coach on the field. You have the intangibles that Tom Brady does. And guess what? I think you'll win a couple more if you're so fucking good at throwing a football. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. There's no question that, that that's part of it. But um, he's not heated. I mean, we, we can't compare him to Tom Brady because that's. Well, they're playing I mean, golf together tomorrow. So we're going to compare him right now. <laughs> there you go. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a good golfer. I think he's a pretty close to a scratch golfer. Is he really I mean, that when good? When he's 6'4 and hit at 320, he's got a good golf swing. Like, so you, do you think Brady redeems himself from the last debacle? No, I think Aaron Rodgers wins. Aaron and Bryson? Yep. Who's the other yep. pro? I forgot. It's Phil and Brady. Oh, Phil. Phil and Brady. Dude, what Mike, this is actually this is actually be good. Mike's no, two gonna, favorite we've got, pros. We right. got two golfers who are like who can't totally shut up. Like they're gonna have to replace Phil's mic his his mic battery halfway through the round. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be out there uh, trying to give lessons because last time remember he gave Brady a little tip and it helped him or whatever. They, that's Phil's gonna. Be, the, I'm I like I want to watch this, but there's three guys on this match I can't fucking stand. So it's like I think I'm just gonna I, I, hate watch this. Sh- but it's but also the other guy, the fourth the other guy, guy is, you're in love with. You know. The other guy, I'm gonna be naked with just me and his jersey back <laughs> exactly. here. But um <laughs> that's you know. good enough. You'll watch. You'll watch it. 
All right. So that's all we really need to talk about there. We're glad we yelled at each other about Rogers. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. We'll see if see if he can win something tomorrow. Um, mm. oh, he may be out of Green Bay. He may be out. I think he, he sounds he, like sounds like they're liquidating right now. Sounds like Devontae Adams wants to leave too. So yeah, exactly. Maybe. See? Oh, I mean over. Anyways, let's get into the John Deere. Let's make some picks, huh? Yeah. What what a what a shitty few weeks of tournaments. I'm sorry. I yeah, mean this travelers, is... rocket mortgage, John Deere, like whoa. Dog mm. days of summer on the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. So Right. I mean, talk about sports right now. You got to watch the John Deere and, you know, gymnastics baseball. trials, baseball in the middle of the season. Right. Well, we got the, we got Wimbledon and you got, the, got Bucks, the Bucks and the Suns. Yeah. Awful. Oh, yeah. Oh. I thought hey, both those. Tom, how about this? For all you Chris Paul lovers, Tom, Tom and I were at the game <laughs> that Chris Paul punched. Was it, what's Gil Hodges? What no, Julius Hodge. Julius Hodge, he punched, it was a game. Look it up on YouTube. Yep. Chris Paul punched him in the nuts. It was a cheap shot. He got, oh. did he get ejected? Uh, I don't I think, think he got, got ejected. He got I a technical. It, oh, definitely. Remember his mom? That was the best part. They didn't share that on TV. So they yeah. you know, stopped play. So Julius Hodge is laying on the ground, you know, nursing the jewels. And his mom yeah. comes out on the court <laughs> like, at the Wake Forest bench. She's going at them. And then she goes over and she's like trying to take care of it. Her boy who yeah. just got we were at Tom, the game live. So right. I'm, I'm not, I will say that like Chris Paul is, you know, he's been in the league a long time. Everyone's like, oh, I want Chris Paul to win the championship. I'm kind of like, man, whatever. Doesn't your boy I, doesn't your boy Lance reference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lance. He, right? He, yeah. We love Chris Paul. Okay. <laughs> Other than the fact that right, he do we, people do we, I mean, we can, we can rewind this. I, I love Chris Paul. <laughs> I think Chris Paul is great. I can't well, wait to see the Phoenix Suns. You know what we just did there? We just called journalism. We didn't say anything. We didn't say <laughs> shot. It just, it was, a, we all know it was a cheap shot. The whole world saw it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty bad, but we still love him. We do. On another, not maybe sports topic that has to do with golf. And I'm just going to say this because I'm mass from Massachusetts, but, the Montreal Canadiens hopefully get swept tonight in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and the finals. That'd be awesome because that's oh. like when did they start? Did they just start the hockey thing? No playoffs. This is uh, the finals. I'm kidding. Been going game, on for two months. <laughs> did the hockey thing just start? <laughs> is, is this the first game of the season? I'm trying to get it under his skin, but he, he thought I'm serious. <laughs> that's the best uh, part. He they are tied one 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 one. Texting me right now, like you're such an idiot. Oh. All right. Oh. So John Deere, let's make this fast. Um, it's everyone's getaway event. You know, they've they've tried to, you know, get a plane they charter over to uh the UK before the British next week, but um Jordan Speed's not are playing. We skip over what happened the last two weeks, and especially what happened this last week. McLean Boyd is your winner the last two weeks, had a phenomenal squad this week. Thank you. And that's it. We're going to we'll, we're done done right there. Okay. So let's just talk about the the John Deere. Your the highest ranked guy on DraftKings is Daniel Berger. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, he's a stud, but like kind of good. Yeah. Anyway, so go because uh, I'm, right, so I'm, right I'm gonna go real fast. I'm not even gonna give explanations on really why. Oh well, I've got mine. So you go, and then I'll I'll dial you in. Okay. So uh, at my bottom six seven hundred, Robert Streb. 
I like them. Oh, Strebby. Strebby. I bought insurance from him like two months ago. What are you talking about? I'm going to get on the old the old man bandwagon. You guys have all picked some senior citizens in your lineups this, this year. I haven't yet. I'm going Steve Stricker. He is skipping the U.S. Senior Open, which he's the defending champion of this week, to play in the John Deere Classic. Ooh, you think that went over well with the senior tour commissioner? Well, there? the USGA has got to be livid. That's not good. So I'm taking him. He's, he's got to be feeling good about this if he's skipping that event to play at John Deere. I love that. <laughs> Fuck Mike Davis. Uh, Bo Hostler, 7,800. Been playing well. I'm going to go with him. Then I'm going up to uh, Maverick McNeely. Also been playing well. I think he's going to have a sneaky good finish. He's due for, for a, another top five, top ten. Then I'm going to go 8,900 uh, PK, Patton Kazire. And last but not least, 9,700 Kevin Streelman. I like that pick. I like that pick. That's it. I'm not even explaining most of them. All right. I'll roll through mine real quick. I'm going with the uh, 26-year-old Bo Hostler, UT alum. Guy, I, I think the guy's got a long-term PGA Tour career. Another guy that I think fits into that very natural swing category. Um, since Congaree's finished T19, T, T10, T25, looking for him to play well. Um, moving down the list to the all or second all-time winning money leader at the John Deere, um, Zach Johnson. He's kind of at a home game this week. Uh, again, look for him to play well. Uh, going with some very recent success is Hank Lebiota. Um, six for six surge, 94th in FedEx Cup, 24th in Greens of Regulation. Uh, he played well. He was in the mix last week, just missed out on that playoff, hoping to see some good mix out of him. Uh, Troy Merritt, one of the guys lost in the playoff, missed out on his third career PGA Tour win, uh, but he is has his uh, fourth top 10 in the last eight starts. So he's been five for eight at TPC Deer Run with a T20 in 2014. Again, capitalizing on a guy that's been playing well. Um, another guy, Seamus Power, uh, former Charlotte guy, um, been playing very well bringing in a bunch of momentum however still ranked 140th in fedex cup so looking to see him continue to play well in an alternate field event um, which i know it's technically not but realistically if you look at the field you you consider it one of those so looking for him to hopefully do well again um from there i have scott stallings scott's coming in um with four top 25s at tpc deer run t25 in detroit 36 in green regulation and uh, someone who I think is going to put together a nice little, uh, nice little match this week. So uh, I'm looking forward to repping those guys as the week comes and looking for a three peat. Those were great notes you had. It was like someone wrote them for you. They did. They absolutely did. All six of those guys, all six of those notes that he just read you were from PGAtour.com power rankings from the John Deere Classic. You, <laughs> you, you didn't have to out me like that. Called <laughs> out, man. Hey. <laughs> You know, plagiarism is real. I mean, plagiarism is yeah, very real. That's how I got through real. school. Boom, yeah. man. Well, here's my note. I didn't, also didn't know you had that up in front of you. <laughs> when you right, said so. when you said that on Hank Laboda, the six for six surge, I was like, where did that come from? Is that, is that, is that what you're I gotta Google this. I gotta find out where this is coming from. So you were going word for word, <laughs> word for word. He was, he was reading he it. Spit it. 
This is beautiful. Did you write this article? <laughs> that's so that's so classic. I mean, okay. McLean is like looking at it right now, like, man, Mikey, you really got me. It's like exactly what I, I mean. You know what'd be great is if Mikey could play back right now just to snip it. Like for all of oh here well, the best part, too, is I had to click over to that screen to do that segment. So I'm literally going, I couldn't even watch you guys' face. I just clicked back and I got Mikey and he's got his lips touching his fucking ears. Yes, Can't he did. wait to start talking. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, that was good. That's my favorite I, moment. I, gotta, I, I will hand it to you. I'm surprised you could fit all six guys that are oh. in the... Uh, in your uh in I your had 200 left over i had 200 left over how about that like uh, you have a gift son that was unbelievable because <laughs> you made it sound like it was you but i was like holy shit he's like been researching some of this stuff oh man he's talking about guys i've never even heard of oh all right who wants to follow that i'll go because yeah. my my picks are basically just everything he just said because i changed them as he, as we went uh <laughs> i picked cam i picked cam davis because the son bitch won last week Done. Wait, no. Uh, the power ranking says summon the metal to break through in Motown. <laughs> Led the That's field in par five scoring. That's simil- exactly right. A similar mix of muscle off the tee and pouring in putts will work in his second trip to the Quad Cities. Yeah. Why well, do the research when you let someone else, right? Yeah, that sounded a lot cooler. And I just say he won last week. Uh, Chesson <laughs> Hadley, because he's a Raleigh boy. Um, but also, you know, he a little heartbreak a couple weeks ago. Congaree, uh, that was rough. Sometimes these guys, you know, it, it's hard to remember that yeah, you, you had to do something right to get to that point. So he obviously was swinging the club well. Uh was it is Hagee? Is it Brandon Hagee? Brendan Hagee? I don't even know. I just see B Hagee. Sounds like yeah, he almost pick. he played great last week. I like his golf swing too. I thought it was pretty slick. Um his uh before last week, his showing was has not been very good, but you know, anyway, Troy Barrett, because he played good. Seamus Power, because I saw it. Where did I see his name? Did he play good last week? Seamus. Seamus? Seamus. Really? Yep. Yeah, he's from Ireland. Whatever. That guy. Um, And then Scott <laughs> Sollings. I picked Scott, too, because... Uh, Man, all of our listeners are going to just pick the same guys that you picked because of the in-depth... Tom and I are headed to the top of that lineup. <laughs> what, what I gave? <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because I looked. Scott Sollings played good last week somewhere. Uh, Seamus <laughs> Power, Seamus Power, because his name is cool as shit. That's why I picked him. Uh, <laughs> Troy Merritt, because he played good last week. Brendan Brandon Hagee, whatever. Uh, he played good last week. Chesson Hadley, because he choked and he's, you know, maybe he'll a little rebound. Cameron <laughs> Davis won. Boom. What else do you need? What else do you need? I mean, my lineup is not going to be much different. Uh, not, not much different. I do have Steve Stricker at seventy seven hundred because he he just loves it up up here. So I mean, I think he's going to play good. Doc Remen did not play well last week, but I feel like everyone else says that he should play well this week. So that's what I'm going to go. I, with. I had him on my team. I took him out. Me uh, too. Well, that was a bad move because yep. he's going to play well. Rally boy, you. Um, okay. I I did go with uh, Sheamus as well because he's had a he's strung together a couple nice finishes last. You know, four or five weeks. So, um, hopefully, he keeps it rolling. Yeah, he's uh, trying to make yeah, a push I, to I, keep his card. I personally need him to miss the cut because all three of you guys took him. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, I've got Ryan Moore at eighty three hundred. Uh, Ryan's kind of a weird enigma. You just never know when Ryan's going to play well. Um, weird enigma is that like a? Isn't that redundant? A little bit. He's an enigma. 
He's a I'm just messing with you. He's a strange duck, though. Still one of the greatest, greatest, you know, summer amateur seasons in, in history, right? Yeah. I mean, won the Western, won the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Pub Links in the same season. And I, I'm going to and, and did he win the national championship too? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, won the national. That was game. that was the year Jay should have won the damn Pub Links. No, it was the year before oh, when I played Ches Reevy. I beat Ches Reevy, lost to Kevin Strillman. No, not Strillman. Lost to Brendan Steele. And then the winner, Brendan played the winner of uh, Brant Snedeker and uh, Ryan Moore. And that was the semifinal match. And then uh, Brant Snedeker ended up winning the pub links that year. But, I mean, who who of that list doesn't fit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got, like, we've got four multiple PGA Tour winners, and here I am. I plunge toilets for a living, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the next guy on the list is Destroy Merritt. <laughs> He's at 8,700, and obviously he played well last week. So, and I, you know, I'm I'm banking on him just getting a getting a little good good rhythm going. And then, uh, last but not least, Doug Gim. I must pick him too. Uh, you know, he's he's been playing some pretty solid golf. It's it, nothing great, but you know, maybe this smaller smaller field in terms of world ranking points for some of these guys. Maybe he's one of the top players, you know, um, who knows. But 16 out of 23 cuts made for the year. I feel like he's got a little momentum. And if he can put put it together and give me a top 10, top 15. Nice. Yeah. McLean, what do you think of those picks? I think they're absolutely fantastic. Expert <laughs> picks, if you could ask me. Expert, expert picks. Oh man, I think that that was my now my favorite moment. That topped the old Spaniard. They speak Spanish from a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> anyways, wow, God, that was a good laugh. Uh, I'm gonna good play time. that back. Like, but right when we sign off, I'm gonna play that back again for myself. <laughs> six for six surge. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible input. It just wasn't mine. <laughs> just I just read it. Um. All right. Anybody got anything else? Can we top that? No, we're, this is, that's as good as it gets right there. All right, uh, folks. Thanks for tuning in as always and listening. Glad to have all four of us back for that as Jay's taking it straight to the face with the bourbon. So we, uh, we got a few different things, hopefully getting lined up here the next few weeks, maybe a couple of different kind of shows for you. Um, in the next month, two months that we're we're trying to work on and, and go stay through. tuned. We got some good we got some good content coming. Right, we got some ideas. Content planned. Yep. And so again, thank you. Please listen, like, subscribe, download, and as always, tell a friend. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Ooh.